Hello. Hello, hello. Welcome back to May I Speak to Pizza. We haven't recorded, I feel like, in a few weeks because between... Did we record Pretty in Pink before you guys came up for my birthday? Yes. It was like the week of, I think. It was like that Monday before. So I actually had like... And we like played it off. Yeah, the (laughs) outfit that I had that I was planning on wearing to your birthday party, like hanging behind me Mm -hmm. as a little like Easter egg. See, I I had no idea that you guys were coming up to DC. So for for the listeners, um, my two best friends, Jen and Alba, came up to DC and surprised me for my thirtieth birthday. And when I saw them, I cried like a little bitch. Um, <laughs> but we had just recorded like a few days before, and I was like so shocked that you guys didn't say anything. Yeah, in all fairness, I didn't have a plane ticket when we recorded. Oh, oh yeah, I bought Jen my plane ticket know. like two days later because I was like having so much FOMO because Alba and I talked about it afterwards, and she's like, because Alba gave this whole story about how she was going to Orlando with her family, and I was like, oh really oh, good, yeah, like you throwing her off her. the scent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I want to go. <laughs> yeah, so my husband I, Chris was like. When I told him about my lie to Orlando, he's like, this is too elaborate. You're going to get caught. Like, it's so obvious. And I'm like, I don't think so. It checks out. My family yeah. is pretty demanding. So it's not, It's that it wouldn't be a surprise if like, oh, hey, this is what I have to do this weekend. And then I told Jen, yeah, but- and she's like, yeah, it was so good. And I'm like, see, mm-hmm. I can lie. <laughs> and it's was great. it Chris also the person who was like snapping from the airport? He did. He sent yeah. out, like, he posted something on Twitter with his location. Like, if anyone was going to get you guys caught, yeah. it was going to be Chris. Oh, yeah. No, it, it was really, <laughs> like, a... It was amazing seeing him for, like, a span of, like, 24 hours not being able to post anything on social media. He really had to restrain himself. Especially, like, oh, landing into National Airport. The views are so beautiful. You can't snap. Did it really happen? I don't know. <laughs> I had an ILC. So this is like the big difference between Jenna in 2004 being 30 and us now being 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is like that you can't snap things in 2004. Um, oh, so before we kind of launch into 13 going on 30, do we have any updates, shout outs, things that we need to correct from last time? I, I fully stand by my ducky opinion, by the way. Like, yeah. 100%. I think you should. Team Andy. Yeah. I think she should have just, all of the men in that movie were awful. Yeah. Just by everyone. I'm going to go be a fashion designer somewhere else. Yeah. I actually got some feedback from someone that they hated ducky. Like, they cannot stand him. Oh. Yeah. And I, I was like, that. okay. Yeah, I do too. I get it. Because, well, yeah. like, I think when he introduces himself in that movie, he kind of sucks. Like, his, like, whole, yeah. like, intro. And then, like, he's kind of a lot to, like, keep up with. You're like, okay, like, relax, please. He's very intense. Yeah, exactly. Not in a good way. <clears throat> right. Yeah. So. To me, I was like, you're just bumming me out, man. <laughs> just relax, all right? Just two for a little one much. Um, So, I have a shout out. My coworker, Marianne, listens to this podcast. Hey, Marianne, what's up? Hey. Um, because she said she doesn't really like true crime, so she'll listen to this one. <laughs> this is a little bit more light. Yeah. 
Minus the like Gone Girl episode. <laughs> so I'm after the Gone Girl episode. I guess I didn't like get my fix because now I'm re-listening to the book. Mm-hmm. Uh. And um, that was a surprisingly good movie. Like it was surprisingly loyal to the source material, but like all of the people are trash. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like they're all awful. Um, oh, also, my name is Natalie Levy Costa. I'm one of your hosts. <laughs> you can follow me at N R L S E E um, on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Jen Schaefer. You can follow me at Yo It's Jen on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm Alba Towers, and you can follow me at Alba Towers on both Twitter and Instagram. And this is May I Speak to Pizza. Please, as always, rate and review. Five stars is the goal. Um, We have no ratings right now. (laughs) (laughs) So please, by all means, talk about how lovely and rambling we are. We're we're into it. Um, And this week, we watched 13 Going on 30. Oh, yeah. Yes. Was very excited for this one. Yeah, we've been talking about watching this one for a while now. I think the highlight for sure, though, is, like, Mark Ruffalo. He is... Yeah, it was really an excuse to just talk about Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, for sure. I think. And, like, Jennifer Gardner is adorable. She is. Her career has taken a weird turn. She's in Capital One commercials. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, she's got to get that money, you know? But also, there's a reference to J-Lo in this movie, and she married Ben Affleck. So, boom. There's our connection to Ben Affleck real quick. (laughs) yeah, so I was really surprised because I immediately put that together. I was like, whoa, two exes of Ben Affleck in one movie? Do they yep. cancel out? No, they don't. No, no yeah, and- like, uh, at the time the movie came out, it was, like, the height of Benifer 1.0. Really? Yeah, like, Jayla was dating Ben Affleck during that time. And then, like, oh. little did Jennifer Gardner know that she was going to marry the guy. I don't know whenever that happened, but way later, yeah. yeah. With how much Jennifer Lopez's face was in this movie, I was really hoping for, like, a J-Lo cameo at some point, but it never happens. She's too busy for that. (laughs) I wonder if she's, like, mentioned in the credits. She's probably filming, like, all the romantic comedies that... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She was really busy at the time. Or, like, Jersey Girl. Is that what that movie's called? And, like, like, recording an album or something, because, like, she's also, you know, the whole thing of, like, her being, like, a triple threat. She does it all. (laughs) She She really is. Um, I should also mention that I had never seen 13 Going on 30 before. So, initial thoughts. I had a lot of thoughts. I had a lot of thoughts about what being 30 in 1987 must have meant as a woman what (laughs) being 30 in 2004 meant as a woman but I think the vast majority of my thoughts had to go had something to do with the print magazine industry yeah because if if we were going to base like the trajectory of print media on its depiction in this film it deserved to die in like a crash heap fire in the desert. Yeah. So uh, here, well, actually, I can read you guys the synopsis. It's very short on IMDb. A girl makes a wish on her 13th birthday and wakes up the next day as a 30 year old woman. Super short, super to the point. I think very accurate. Yeah, yeah it is. So 
I like that this movie had like magic because that's um I feel like it's a very strong theme in um like rom coms, but this one was like a special because like she woke up the next day as like a thirteen year old self in a thirty year old body. Yeah, and, and so I thought it was cute. Like it just it I don't know. She like gets it. a like when you when you start really thinking about it, how weird it would be to wake up as the thirty year old woman at like when you're thirteen. She handles it extremely well. Like it yeah, only I mean, granted, obviously this is a romantic comedy, but <laughs> she just like takes it in stride and like and it would it would be horrifying. Just like finding like a strange guy in an apartment that you've never been in. It's uh yeah, but I, I love this movie. So well, like seeing herself for the first time is so funny, and then like she realizes she has boobs, and it's I mean, so so cute. Same. It's charming. Yeah. You're like, oh, you're so cute. Like you're 13, and you're like all of a sudden you're like, no, I'm a woman. Although I, in all fairness, I think I would have like for sure had like a moment of like panic attack and cried, and been a little bit more distraught than she was. She seemed to get her shit together pretty yeah. quickly. Like, oh, okay, well now I'm getting this together, and now I'm going here, and I have a job. And have a and, cell phone. Like, I have to learn how yeah. to work a cell phone? Maybe what this movie is meant to tell us is that without all of the awful hormonal body things happening inside of you when you're 13, you could actually be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. As a 30-year-old. Because I, I really think that that's what was going on, is, like, she still had the personality of a 13-year-old, but, like, all of the stuff that's turned up to 11 when you're 13 inside of your body making you a crazy person is all kind of, like, toned down and cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now you just get to be like, I'm 13, I'm going to have a great time in New York yeah. City. <laughs> So I think I probably saw this movie in theaters with my mom uh, and then, like, owned this movie on DVD. And the reason, like, I love this movie is actually very silly because so when they're kids at the beginning of the movie, um, Matt is, like, in one scene, like, before all the shitty friends get to her birthday party, he's dancing to the talking heads. And just, like, that little snippet reminded me of a young Chris Towers. But, like, when I watched this movie, I actually knew. (sighs) Or, like, after... It was probably, like, when I watched it on DVDs. Because I think we met in, like, 2005, maybe. So, like, it just reminds me of Chris. So, who's my husband? So, like, in some ways, I kind of married my own Mark Ruffalo. That's what Aww. I like to think. That's so sweet. Because he would just be like, oh, I listen to the talking heads. I'm so cool. You don't need to yeah. be friends with these losers. And it's like, yep. I did really love the, the dance that Maddie was doing at the very beginning. Yeah. Because I think that that's how I probably dance. Oh, at weddings, sure. at public events. Yes. Like, that's how I dance. Yeah, still to this uh, day. The, the one... The one issue I had with Maddie at the beginning, and I also think that the character of Maddie in 1987 is, like, what the best version of Ducky was. Yeah. Like, there's a cut of Pretty in Pink somewhere where, like, that that is Ducky. Like, just sweet, lovable, supportive, funny, quirky, weird. Um, but the casting... <laughs> Of that boy, I, I'll i be honest with you, I, I took a lot of issue with. Your hair doesn't go from being straight to being curly <laughs> throughout adulthood. 
Like, that's not a thing that happens to to men, to women, to anyone. I know because I've been trying for years <laughs> to get the reverse action going. And that's, it's just not the way that it works. And I'm pretty sure that there are plenty of, you know, chubby, curly-haired boys in the world who need their big break. I actually read something very upsetting, uh, like, right before we started recording on, like, the trivia on IMDb. That little kid had to wear a fat suit. And it's like, you can't find an actor. Like, if you were going for that look, I'm sure there are thousands of people that you can hire instead of wearing, like, having this, like, 13-year-old wear a fat suit. Like, it's just... Or not, don't make it a point in the movie. Yeah, I I didn't know that. That's, yeah. That is a little disturbing. I don't like that at it all. It was all, like, really cool, like, fun trivia, and then it was, like... And then it's, like, oh, this downer yeah, in like, there. You're like, oh, this isn't that cool. This is actually pretty yeah. upsetting. On the flip side, I wonder if when he auditioned, he was, like, a little huskier, and then he got the part, and he was like, okay, this is going to be a big break. I'm going to drop, like, 15 pounds. <laughs> And then he showed up day one, and they were like, "What the hell is this man?" Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this the is kid not we, we hired. This is not what we were going for. <laughs> oh, and uh, while we're talking about the like young children or whatever, young Judy Greer, at least the one who I think is young Judy Greer, the like main mean yeah. girl, is a psychopath. She's also spot on though because she even looks like Judy Greer. Like she yes. she yeah. casts her really well because like she is a authentically bitchy and be <laughs> a very close looking what did, what was her name? Tom Tom? Yeah. Yeah. And there was also a a young Brie Larson. Oh yeah, I did see that. In, Brie uh, Larson is part wait, of the posse. What? Yeah. She's one of the six chicks. Oh yeah, that's what they're called, yeah. the six chicks. Oh my god, I want to go back and look at it now. I definitely, I did not notice that at all. I feel like you just have yeah. to go back to the beginning of the movie when they, like, are at school. And, and she's, she's, like, inviting them to her party. Yeah. I don't think she actually has a line, but I I watched a lot of romantic comedies in the early 2000s, and Brie Larson has been acting for a very long time, because she was also mm-hmm. in a different movie called Sleepover. That was, it was not great, but... I think I also owned it on DVD. Any sleepover, <laughs> any sleepover fans out there, come find me. I think I know which movie you're talking about because um, I don't remember the name of the main, like the hot guy in that movie. But my cousin was like obsessed with him, and he was like briefly in. Was like, it Devin Sawa? No, I don't think I, so. I, I don't because I feel like girls of our age, any hot guy in a movie about young teens is Devin Sawa. <laughs> I forget his name. I I would remember it if I heard it, but he was also like in another like teen drama series or something that my yes. husband was like obsessed with. And then it like it didn't last very long, but that movie had him and I remember we watched that movie because he was in it. Yeah, I uh I know exactly what show you're talking about. I mm-hmm. want to say it was called like Life as We Know It. Yeah. It only lasted like Wait. a season. And he was in that movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you know who I'm talking about. Yes. Okay. So looping back to 13 going on 30, though. <laughs> um, is there any... Okay. I... Maybe it's because this is the first time that I saw it. I, I feel like I have so many thoughts that are 
not good. Like, I also... Okay, so as soon as they brought out Poise magazine, I was like, $50 she works for Poise (laughs) in the future. Like, there's no way that she doesn't. That's like a given. Yeah. (laughs) And then there is an article in 1987 in a magazine called Poise called 30 Flirty and Thriving with the saddest looking woman. (laughs) as the centerpiece for this article. And I just, I feel like there's nothing in my, in my cultural knowledge of the 80s that says, you know what? They were celebrating 30-year-old women in the 80s. (laughs) Yeah. Like, there's just no way. That was my first thought, like, rewatching this movie because it had been a while, probably, like, a decade since I last saw it. And... Like, especially now, like, we're all turning 30 this year, that I would not imagine, like, someone reading an article or, like, in the 80s being like, yes, I want to be 30. And the fact that, like, what she wants to be is, like, working in a magazine and, like, not married at the age of 30, like, that it's unheard of. Like, we're we're finally getting to a point where we're kind of accepting that women are getting married later in life, having kids way later in life, that someone being like, yes, I'm going to be an independent lady when I'm 30 years old. Like, what? When they're 13. Yeah. I don't She literally says, I don't want to be cool. Oh, no. She says, I don't want to be original. I want to be cool. (laughs) Like, that girl is not trying to be a career woman. No, I feel like what they did do correctly as far as, like, how they wrote the character of her as being 13, it was very authentic to being a dumb 13-year-old. Um, Because, like, she was very naive and very, you know, like, she tried so hard to fit in with the six chicks. And, you know, she, like, did all of these things that, like, every 13-year-old goes through. It's, like, awkward. You want to have friends. You want to be popular. You want people to like you. And it's, like, almost to a reckless point where, like, you don't care how stupid you can be. But you just, like, want to feel validated by, like, your peers at that age. And, like, sadly, that is also the age in which your peers are all little assholes. So, you know, it's just – it's hard. So I think that they got that portion of it right. But then, like, I agree. I think the characterization of her, like, wanting to be 30. Like, I could see her saying, like, I want to be in college because, you know, it's like moving past the awkward stages of being in high school but still going into something new versus, like, already being 30. Like, you miss, like, a huge chapter of your life. Like, that's over a decade for her, you know? So, like – that's why when she wakes up and she's, like, 30 and she's a 13-year-old in a 30-year-old body, like – she takes it surprisingly well, considering that, like, she lost a lot of time of her life, that she has zero idea what happened. So that was the thing that I was just like, that's so weird. Like, I don't think I would be as chill about that as she was. Like, I'd be pretty freaked out. Yeah. Especially because, like, not even, like, five minutes earlier, she had just screamed, I hate you, I hate me, I hate everyone. <laughs> yeah. Which should be the slogan for being 13 yeah, years old. For real. Yeah. The the stuffing of the bra really hit home for me. I was fat, so never needed to. (laughs) I was just as awkward as she was around friends. Like, I couldn't make that happen. And, like, I feel like it's weird because later in life I realized, like, no, you're actually pretty cool. People like you. But at the time I was like, everyone hates me. I'm not cool. And it was, like, such a horrible thing, you know, that, like, I wasn't friends with, like, specific people. And I think when I was 13, I'd also, like, just recently moved. So I was, like, new in school, and I didn't have that many friends. And, like, everyone had gone to, like, 
middle school together and I was like this new person and you know, it just sucked. 13 was terrible. Not a funny age. I feel like 13 is terrible for everyone. I think so too. Yeah. I don't think anybody looks back on being 13 as like, oh yeah, great times. Like, no, no, not at all. <laughs> and like when you're when you're 13, I'm so glad. like me too. <laughs> it's not just me. Yeah, when you're 13, like 30 seems so far away. Like I'm sure if you would have asked me at 13, I would have been like, yes, I would be married with kids. Yeah, at even at 18. Oh my god, yeah. Even at 18, I thought about myself as 30 and I was like, that is so far from now. There's so yeah. many things that are going to happen. I'm going to be so established and it's like, mm, oh silly 18-year-old Jen. <laughs> that is not what happened. <laughs> You're still trying to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, when I was 13, I feel like I I thought I was going to be a real adult at the time that I was 30. And I can verify for you right now, that is not the case. (laughs) I'm still on the cusp of being an adult. I'm pretending. Yeah, we're like half, like we're not, I mean, we're more than halfway there, but (laughs) you know, we we checked off some boxes, not all of them, but like you, like you third 30, 30 and realized that like, it's impossible to have everything that you thought you wanted because everything that you wanted changes. Like when I got married, I thought like, oh, I will have kids by the time I'm 28 because that is the age and 28 has come and gone. I'm like, no, I am still a child. I like my pets a lot. (laughs) They're all I can handle. Well, if this movie has taught me anything, I'm definitely not a real 30 year old yet because I don't have a husband or boyfriend who calls me never once by my actual name only calls me sweet bottom oh yeah yeah that was really gross what what the hell was that well i wanted to die every time he said the word sweet bottom well and he didn't seem at all bothered that she wanted nothing to do with him because at some point like like, in the movie she like on the phone she tells him like i don't want to see you ever again like get out of my apartment and then the next time they see each other he's like hey you're just acting normal you don't like me but i'm still coming around <laughs> but in all fairness is that normal for their relationship i guess because she was a terrible person like you start to tell immediately that she's like this horrible bitch lady as a 30 year old like she became an awful human being from every interaction with everyone around her like her poor secretary who was terrified of her and like the way that they tell her that like she stole someone's idea and then fired her like that's who she was like she became what she wanted which was to be a six chick or a seven chick i guess and um and then she became a huge bitch and got everything she wanted i i do want to see the cut of this movie of just like who she became yeah. Before she like before she like woke up as a thirteen year old again yeah, and like had I this huge see, like, revelation. The, yeah, where she's just like the bad guy in the movie. Yeah. Thirteen going on a slippery slope of moral compromises. <laughs> yes, exactly. Sleeping with married men. Stealing oh, yeah, ideas. He was also and he so, was so gross. gross. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and not like a sexy married man either. Like, like a gross uncle married oh, man. Yeah, he was really nasty. Like, I, I saw that guy and I'm like, how are you married? Like, you yeah. look like a gross guy. <laughs> but like, who would marry yeah, you? Who are you married to? Like, ugh. And also, like, that's really tacky. People can see your shadow through your through your office door like it's it may be like opaque the glass but people can see what you're doing in there gross 
Oh, man. When that secretary gives him, like, a death oh. stare <laughs> as he walks in, I was like, yeah, secretary. Yeah. She's, like, another person who was in this movie who's been in, like, a bunch of things, but I have no idea what her name is. But I like her. And I also... I think she was my favorite character. Yeah, I like that I... Andy Serkis is in this movie, and it's wild. Oh, my God. I loved him in this movie. I know, because, like, oh, every other movie that, that I've seen Gollum. him. The boss. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I mean, he's Gollum. He's been in... Uh, he was in all, all of the Lord of the Rings movies. He was in the Marvel movies. He's done very well for himself. Yeah. He's like a he's like a better chameleon than Daniel Day yeah. Lewis. Like, why isn't everyone always talking about how great Andy Circus is? <laughs> yeah, no, like he should definitely get like awards for what he does because it's it's not just like getting a bunch of dots on you and then acting. Like he he does work. I like yeah, him. I, he, he was a little odd though as a boss. Like I did think that he was a little strange, but he's like. A semi quasi closeted character mm-hmm. um, with a an excellent dye job, really good <laughs> for two thousand four. I'll tell you that. Um, who did anyone in this film understand what the term redesign meant? <laughs> no, because she just had Mark Ruffalo do a photo shoot for like a calendar, like a catalog centerfold and then called it a redesign. And I was like, that's not a redesign. Like, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Are you crazy? Like, you're gonna, you're gonna bring in all these poster boards with glued on pictures that you cut out of magazines. And I'm like, no, girl, you're supposed to be a senior editor. Also, senior editors shouldn't be working on content. They are managers at that point. I had a thoughts about the way that poise was being run. She um and Andy Circus is at the top of the food chain. Yeah, He's to he blame. He's to blame. He was the bad boss who didn't know what he was doing. But also she, in fairness, when we saw her doing her job in this movie, she was a 13-year-old acting as a senior editor. So, <laughs> so in all fairness, like I'll the give collage, you some credit. You pulled yeah, the off collage some stuff. Were, yeah. We're spot on. Yeah. Good job. But it's also like, what is the layout of the cover going to be? Like, and well, it, and surprisingly, she did a way better job than Tom Tom did with her weird heroin yeah. chic. Like, that really was just like, I was thinking like derelict as like yes. her companion. You know, it was like, okay, this well, is, this is. I found that so upsetting. Yeah, like, let's leave the really problematic heroin chic look in the 90s where it yeah. died. <laughs> Deservingly so. When she said. When she said, we're going to take heroin chic to the next level, I swear to God, I thought she was going to say, like, crack chic, and I was going to die. But didn't she say something? Like, part of her pitch was, we're going to overdose. And it's like, that's not messaging that you should be giving children or people reading a magazine. You don't know. There there was so much... Uh, just from a brand perspective that I was like, what are you trying to say to America? (laughs) Either way, all of this strategizing around, like it was so sad to me that they were so concerned about a competing print magazine Mm -hmm. because I was like, y'all, this is 2004. In three years, you're going to be a blog. Yeah, it's true. Like this is not what you should be worried about. I feel like they just didn't know that at the time. I also thought it was really funny when I can't remember who says this. Maybe Andy Circus says it when Jenna walks in for the first time 
And one of them asks if she's... Oh, no. Mark Ruffalo says, are you in a K-hole? Yeah. And I was like, they're talking about K-holes? Yeah. In 2004? This movie is ahead of its time. She did show up after, like, over a decade to his house, like, talking to him, like, oh, my God, Maddie. Like, they were 13 again. And he was justifiably freaked out because he had an appropriate reaction, like, are you okay? Are you on drugs? Like, what is going on with you right now? We stopped talking in, like, the eighth grade, and now you're, like, pretending like we're best friends again? And, you know, he was... I think it was relatively nice of him to be like, all right, where do you live? Like, I'm going to get you home so you're (laughs) safe and you can recover. And then we can go back to like not speaking to each other ever again. I definitely did not get that K-hole reference the first time I watched the movie. Oh, no. There's a lot of references in this movie that I did not get until this time around. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. This movie, I was like, yo, y'all are making some edgy choices. I also thought Mark Ruffalo was such a babe in this movie. (gasps) He was. I'll even forgive his early 2000s wardrobe because it's not his fault. I know. That was that was someone in he's costume. He's the best. Like I think this <laughs> was so cute. Probably the first movie that I was like, why am I attracted to this man? I think it was the first time I like fell in love with Mark Ruffalo was this movie. A hundred percent, yes. Yes. Yeah. I was like, oh wow, this guy's really cute. Not like in the traditional sense of cute. Yes. He's just really cute. He's like a guy that you would see in the streets and you wouldn't be like, Oh, you're an actor. But you're still very handsome. Mm-hmm. You're not like, and I think it's something about it's not about like what he looks like. It's about his screen mm-hmm. presence. Like he's so charming, yeah. which I think is like the reverse of the Ben Affleck yeah. effect, where like Ben Affleck is so good looking, but on screen to me he comes off as so empty and like yeah. vapid, and Mark Ruffalo comes off as like this beautiful like shining package of charm and smiles, <laughs> and I like. I get all like 13 again. Yeah. I don't know. I I actually thought that the CBGB shirt was a very nice touch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm mostly talking about like, I think he wears like cargo pants. Yeah, he does. He does Um, wear cargo pants. But yeah, the CBGB shirt, I was like, this is, of course, like he lives like in the village and is a photographer. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Especially as like Maddie is like a child being yeah. like, into the talking heads. And I mean, I will say for like a young kid at that time, he was like pretty ahead of everyone by saying like, it doesn't matter if they like you, like they're not your friends. They don't care about you. And like, you know, basically telling Jenna like not to give a crap about the 13 year old kids who were basically using her. And he was very sweet. For making her the dollhouse. I thought that was really cool and really nice. Um, yeah, like what know. 13-year-old boy is that sweet? I don't know. Like, like, probably um, none. They're just yeah. all yeah. furiously masturbating. Maybe. <laughs> I, like that, That's all that I can – like I don't want children and more than anything I don't want sons because I just imagine that it's just a, just a disgusting – cavern for like five years of like foot smell and weird bodily fluids on all the surfaces like making sure you knock on all doors before you walk into any rooms yeah (laughs) which is probably why this is a romantic comedy yeah (laughs) they skip over that part and they characterize maddie as like this cute little kid who's like in love with jenna and makes her cute dollhouses with uh wishing glitter (laughs) so intricate i know 
That yeah, but that also she sucks. She sucks for like, okay, I'm gonna hide this now, and it's like you are such a bitch. But what they did to her at her birthday party was very mean. Right. Um, like the kids come over basically to get her to first of all, how are like six or seven people going to use one report and turn that in? Like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> she would have to write each of your reports for you. So unless if you guys are going home and like typing this on your typewriter separately, like at I don't know. Well, they probably were. That's why they left the party. And then Tom Tom was like, I think I can get my brother to buy us beer. I was like, girl, you are 13. You're out of control. Yeah. You are. You need some parental guidance. (laughs) What is going on? Um, And then they just tell her to hide in a closet for seven minutes in heaven and that one of the cute guys is going to come in there. (laughs) He really likes going to second base. So she has to like empty her shirt of all the tissue she's stuffed in there. (laughs) And um, and then Maddie shows up, and that's when she has her horrible thirteen-year-old freakout, which is you know pretty accurate, I think, for a thirteen-year-old to have like an irrational and really cruel reaction to something like that. Yeah, which I mean, is was... why in the future, when he's like so nice to her in a way that her friends and coworkers—I mean, to be to be fair, she seems like a real nightmare—but mm-hmm. her friends and coworkers are like not worried about her being on drugs or like having a mental breakdown, and he seemingly is the only person. <laughs> yeah, like I was, I I was just thinking about it, and I was like, what if someone who I hadn't seen since I was thirteen knocked on my door and act like they were on? like having a mental breakdown i feel like i would just be like okay so i'm gonna call the police yeah. <laughs> have a really good time in the hospital yeah like do you have <laughs> do you have your emergency contacts saved on your phone let's give them a call who do i need to call like where how do i get rid of you now <laughs> but no he like even like takes her back to her apartment which I thought was so yeah, sweet. I and then, know. okay, very serious question, asking for a friend. As 30-year-old women, what is the state of your underwear drawer? Because she has <laughs> Victoria's Secrets level of, like, organization. Underwear and- cabinets. Mine is a hot mess. Like, literally, they just get thrown into a drawer, and I dig through it, and I find what I want to wear. But it's like, and there's, I do not there's hold a, anything in my underwear drawer because, like, no, why? I definitely don't lay them out like beautiful um, china, um, and like the same three pairs are always at the very bottom in the back because I never, <laughs> ever, ever want to wear them, and I just, I don't. I feel like this is a trope in movies as well, in, like, romantic comedies, where, like, a woman's closet is her castle, and, like, everything is so beautifully, impeccably organized. In all fairness, and all though. all that I can think is, like, not in New York, girl. I don't think she so. Might, but she might yeah. have a cleaning lady. Like, I will go ahead and say she probably doesn't clean that apartment. She hires someone oh. to do that. But, like, how much money does she make? A lot, apparently. Be, yeah, because, like, that, like, her closet is, like... Because she goes shopping, and she is walking out of Henry Bendel's with a lot of bags. A lot of a bags. a lot of brand names on them. Like, one of them for sure says Chanel. And she, like, casually is forgetting bags in the store. Like, oh, boy. Yeah. I will say I, I do fold my underwear, and they are color-coded. <laughs> So I am that person. Okay. But they're not like, I don't have like special drawers that like, they're just like laying flat. Like no one has room for that. No. And like, I live in South Florida. We have a lot of space. Like, but I, yeah, I do. I do fold my underwear. I was that person. Yeah. The dirty secrets come out. I don't fold mine. 
not at all. It seems, yeah, I mean, when I do it, I'm like, this is silly. It's not necessary, but then it just makes me happy when I open it. And it's like, oh, okay, I know. And I try to rotate them because I do get stuck in, like, wearing the first, the ones on the top. So I try to move them around. What is this system? Alba, you need to write, like, a Con Marie <laughs> style, like, the Dow Day Belandria. Yeah. <laughs> cleaning. Like, you don't have to get rid of all your shit. It's okay if you have stuff. Because that's my biggest gripe with the Marie. Like, I I get it. Like, the minimalism perspective. But, like, no. I like my things. But anyway. So, after, you know, getting... Oh, so, that dress that she wears... Because she's getting ready to go to a party. That dress, I feel like I have visceral, real memories from just watching the trailer of that dress. Yeah, it's a very noteworthy dress. Um, I will say, it's a very ugly dress. Like, Jennifer Garner (laughs) is a beautiful woman. She's got a banging body. Why would you put this, like, horrible vomit scarf dress thing on her? Like, it's... Like, the colors... I guess like it's it's it like true to her eighty year old like yeah, yeah but it's like her kind of referencing her like eighties thirteen year old style in yeah. two thousand and four so I get that and I'll forgive it only for that reason but I, I had, feel like I feel like it was intentionally ugly like I don't think I hope that was on purpose <laughs> I I want to say that uh, Man Repeller recently did a. Uh, and I'll try to find it, and I'll, I'll link to it on our Twitter account. But I think they did, like, a definitive, like, ranking of our outfits in that movie. Oh, because okay. like oh, what? Because aside from, aside from the dress, like, the fir- like the slip that she's wearing that she goes to work with, like, mm-hmm. she could wear that today. Yeah, she could. Like, she I was- like that more than, than the dress. And yeah. to me, the, more, the most appalling thing was, like, when she was doing her makeup, she was using was a lot like, of blush, oh, yeah. a lot of, like... Blues ice blue pink. yeah <laughs> eyeshadow like no and like but her it, hair but it made sense yeah oh my god the chopsticks yeah did you guys oh, did you guys yeah. use chopsticks in all i fairness, actually i was all about that chopsticks double bun look i'm rocking yeah. the double buns this morning the the big issue for me was the ponytail in curlers the night of the big party yeah yeah, because then like the ponytail itself had like all kinds of like stringy hair sticking out everywhere, and I feel like that was a much more like early '90s kind of look, where like your hair kind of stuck up funny, and like you were supposed to put your hair up, and like so that your ponytail hair was like sticking up funny, and like that was a thing, that was a look that you were going for. Um, so I guess if that's what she was trying to emulate, fine. But you think that, like someone who works at a magazine has access to so many like outfit inspo. Why? Why that? You know, I don't know. <laughs> Isn't someone doing your hair for you? Like, uh, well, she she is thirteen. She maybe doesn't true. know. Like, there might have been a salon appointment that she just like didn't go to. Yeah, but then the party itself, I found, I was so embarrassed for everyone at that party. Yeah, me too. I was but like, I like, like the whole fact that it was just a dud. It was like very evident that it was not a fun party at all. It, it was a bad party. It seemed like a bad party to me. Like, I couldn't understand why Andy Circus was so surprised that people were leaving. I was like, this party does not look fun at all. And one of your senior editors is throwing food at one man yeah. in particular all night. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. And getting drunk. 
as a yeah, 13 she year was, old she was yeah for, for the first time she seemingly. was getting pretty wasted she's like oh pina coladas also like how many bars do you go to that's like yeah i'm gonna make you a frozen pina colada like that's not a drink you can just get anywhere just gonna throw that out there i feel like most bars don't usually have all of that do they it's true yeah unless like it was this special drink for the party, but that just seems like a lot of work. Ew, ugh, a special pina colada. I just kept thinking, like, this is a New York <laughs> magazine party. This is the lamest party I have ever seen in my life. And then when she, like, saves it by doing Thriller, I was like, y'all, this is not your aunt's second marriage wedding. This is the worst <laughs> party I've ever seen. I was really, really embarrassed for everyone. So this party scene, in all fairness, is the only reason why I know moves to the Thriller dance. That's true. Because of this movie. <laughs> like, that is the only reason why, like, if Thriller comes on, I do the little, like, shoulder jig and, like, clap above my head. Like, I know that because of this movie. <laughs> That's what this movie gave me, is Michael Jackson Thriller moves. So... You know, it's, it, it gave back, at least. You know, I can say it did something for me. Yeah, this movie is the reason why uh, Vienna by Billy Joel, which plays oh, when, yeah. like, she goes home, is, like, one of my favorite Billy Joel songs. And yeah. I realized that watching the movie again that I was like, oh, this is where I got it from. Like, it wasn't <laughs> that I just, like, randomly listened to, like, Billy Joel when I was 14. But I was like, yep. I love this movie. I will make another confession. I had never heard that song before (gasps) I watched this movie last night. And I couldn't figure out if he was saying Vienna or if he was saying something else. I was like, what? (laughs) Does Billy Joel, is Billy Joel from Vienna? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I thought that this was a movie about New York. I must be hearing this wrong. <laughs> well, so another thing that you realize watching this movie at this party is that this is the time in our culture in which having your thong stick out of your pants was a cool thing. Dark because, times. Yeah, really dark times where like women are literally like pulling their thong straps above their low cut jeans. And like, I'm pretty sure it's like something that she sees as she walks into this party and they like highlight it. These two women walking by with like their thong sticking out. And that is just a cringe. Like we're so much better than that. I'm glad we left that in the past and it's not a thing anymore. Underwear belongs under your clothes, not the sexual expectations for women were never higher than they were in 2004. And the (laughs) sexual expectations for men were never lower because there were some really upsettingly unattractive men in this movie that like with everything going on now, I just kept thinking like, was this movie produced by the Weinstein company? And is this just a friend of Harvey Weinstein's? That he was like, hey, you want to make out with Jennifer Garner in a movie? The the husband, the like married guy? Yeah, it was yeah. so upsetting. And then like that guy at the bar who, okay. Another oh my question. God. Yeah. <laughs> Asking for a friend. As a 30-year-old woman, Alba and Jen, please answer. If I looked over one of your shoulders and said... <laughs> Mr. Hottie is definitely checking you out. Would that be something that you would be concerned about? Uh, I think I'd be just like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And then, like, if you pointed at that guy that she was talking about, I'd be like, are you okay? 
are you feeling? <laughs> yeah. Have you had too much to drink? Because Perhaps we should leave. This is this the is a sign. He's like a forty-year-old something man, and he is not cute at all. No, and he seemed like he wasn't cute when he was twenty-five. No, not to at be, all. To be honest, like I, literally, I the only cute guy in this movie is Mark Ruffalo. She has no other options. Like even her like hockey player boyfriend is just like he reminds me of like Lord Farquaad from Shrek. Yes, thank That's you. Who he is he just like okay. has like like beautiful prince hair, but is like stupid looking in the face, and it's just kind of stupid overall because the, the way they characterize him is like he's full of himself. He's like oblivious to social cues because he's used to being like liked by everyone. And yeah, I just I really did not like him at all. And he's too chiseled. Well, once he does that strip tease, like I I can never look at you again. No, this was so Ugh. upsetting. Yeah, it was really bad. Her her whole like reaction to him of being like oh gross is super accurate. You're just like I would yeah, have, girl, I'm I would with have you. that reaction. Yeah, and I would have that reaction at thirty. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not it's not a thirteen year old's reaction. I also kind of got the vibe. So when it's like Tom Tom sucks, you can tell. But just like in general. Um, that she's like horrible. The only thing that she ever did that was like, okay, maybe you're kind of cool, but maybe not, is at the beginning when she like comes to pick her up for work and she's like telling her to repeat to herself, like, I'm a tough bitch. Like, okay, cool. Like, you've got your friends back. You're trying to get her into the car to get her to work. Um, but then I feel like at the bar, she's like egging her on to like flirt with another guy, knowing full well that she is a boyfriend. And then I almost feel like she is probably hooking up with this girl's like boyfriend behind her back like the way they're like oh hey so and so like to her I don't even know her boyfriend's name but like I feel like there was something there and I was like uh uh that's not cool Tom Tom I see what you're doing at the very least when Jennifer Garner approaches a legit 12 year old boy who is at a sex in the city type bar for some reason (laughs) like very irresponsible parenting at least when she walks up to that guy she's like okay you're gonna get arrested like we need to get you out of this yeah. yeah, yeah. At least she has some sense in her. Um, but then I guess they run into Mark Ruffalo and his fiance, and this is where my my issues with Mark Ruffalo happen. I mean, I guess not really because in the long run it, they don't really end up getting married. But he's like with this girl who's smart and she's pretty and she seems to have her shit together, and you know they seem like they're in a happy marriage or I guess like relationship. And I guess Jenna comes along with her, like, weird, quirky, 13-year-old, like, psycho attitude. And he's just like, I don't know if I want to marry this woman anymore. And it's like, are you kidding, man? Like, you probably have, like, years and years of, like, a solid relationship with this woman that you are about to marry. And I don't know. I just... To give it up for the girl that you had a crush on when you were 13. So I feel like... I'm 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 gonna take the other side on this because she shows up and like she seems cool or whatever and she's helping him with this job which is nice, but at the end of the day, he doesn't do the thing that I thought they were setting him up to do, which is yeah. to leave her at the wedding. He makes like very good points where he's like, "I've been with her. You came out of nowhere. Her whole yeah. family is here. Yeah. I'm not gonna like embarrass a person I love because you're crazy." Like, mm-hmm. I thought I really thought that we were being set up for a movie where he leaves his 
yeah. wife at the altar. For sure. And goes for yeah. Jennifer Garner. And then when he didn't, I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you are a good guy, Maddie. You are a good guy. Yeah. He- yeah, no, definitely. He, he makes a good point. Like, especially you do have like the magic. <laughs> aspect of this movie that fixes everything in the end but i i do appreciate that it's not fixed by him being like i'm making a terrible mistake and yeah leaving this woman that i've been in a relationship for a long time for this person that i have not talked to for like 15 years and which ultimately like firstly he should have come clean and been like oh i kissed jenna and then the wedding would have been off and then maybe they could have ended up together in that timeline yeah but even that is like oh you know it would have been weird like because she still was a shitty person for a long time yeah she was just a terrible person and i think what it like proves is that she may have gotten everything she wanted, but the thing that was best for her was right in front of her the whole time. And she like pushed that aside in order to get all of those things. And in the long run, none of those things actually made her happy. The the person and the thing that was going to make her happy was the thing that she turned her back on at 13. So, and I mean, well, that's crazy because like at the age of 13 to have such a like crazy, uh, large sort of decision, to, in front of you, like whether or not you're going to be friends with this person in the long run, how that affects your life and the turnout of who you become is it's pretty heavy, I guess. But um, I do think that like as a 13 year old, it's like, I guess that's what they're getting at in the movie is like, this is the crossroads in her life where she can decide that she's going to try and assimilate to be like one of these popular kids. And that's the life that she's going to pursue versus like being true to herself and like being good friends with someone who likes her for her and values her friendship because of who she is versus like what she can give them. Well, something that kind of drove me a little bit crazy is in, in the future in where she's like bad Jennifer, they don't characterize her career as being the thing that's wrong. It's how she handles her career and deals with the people around her that is wrong, which mm-hmm. I really, really appreciate. But on like the like on the other timeline, I think I wanted to see like all of those gap years again because how do, does she end up having the same career? Does she get to the same level? Does she do it in an ethical, honest way? Mm-hmm. And then also, so how crazy would it be if your friend who you had a major crush on when you were thirteen like comes out of the hiding closet and like kisses you and is like yes let's be cool together but then for the next 17 years is she just like oh we can't break up we're supposed to get married when we're 30 (laughs) yeah (laughs) like what is that relationship like afterwards when she's like no maddie we're meant to be but i feel like maddie's into her so it's like cute you know it's like cutesy because he's always liked her and like even in the alternate timeline where she is a bitch and everything, he tells her, like, I always loved you, you know, and you were always special to me. And it was kind of you who pushed me away. And that's why he had to move on. And it's true, because like, why is he going to hold on to something that clearly isn't going to happen for him? Um, And then he like moves on to this other person who seems like a beautiful and lovely woman that he's going to marry. So um, it makes sense that they're gonna kind of characterize him as like this person who was going to be with her anyway. So I, I don't really have so much of an issue with that. Like, I feel like people do that. I don't know. There's like, you know, high school sweethearts and whatnot. Yeah. Like, I, I think it happens. I, I think it's like common enough to where like, I believe it. 
maybe they didn't wait until they were 30. Maybe they waited till they were like 24, 25. Like, I don't know. No, I like to think they still got married when they were 30. Yeah. yeah. Just like- well, I, I like to think that like then in her mind, she is this beautiful unicorn who is unaffected by societal pressures who just says yeah. like, no, like I want to get married when I'm 30. Me and my like husband who I'm going to marry because we were childhood sweethearts um, are going to have premarital sex and live together. <laughs> I'm obviously yeah. reading all of this into it. Um, and like, like I don't need your pressure. I don't need to have kids when I'm in my 20s. I'm going to focus on my career. I'm going to do it in a rad, super cool way. And then like, I'm going to make Andy Circus look great, not like a fucking idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's like definitely in like the real, like the like version of the movie where she ends up with Maddie um a mir- another miracle happens and like poise doesn't go under and it's just like the most successful magazine of the time i think that's what i like poise to know it happens like the vogue yeah <laughs> of that universe <laughs> yeah like what magazine were they trying to go for more like a vogue or like are we talking like cosmopolitan i think it's more of a cosmo i honestly like the way like they're pitching ideas at the round table like in their meetings it seems more like a cosmo magazine than it does like you yeah. know edgy and also or maybe even like a 17 magazine based on like the whole photo shoot that she does with maddie and how it's like class of 2004 and like the Liz Fair song that they play and like you know oh, all the balloons yeah see like the music in this movie was music. really good yeah <laughs> I had also forgotten about Liz Fair that was one problem that I had with them though where I was like is this a situation where like we were Vogue and now we're gonna be teen Vogue because that feels like <laughs> not doing a great job <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where they were before all of this. Like, if they had JLo on the cover before, and then they like showed a bunch of other covers that um, Sparkle could have been like a Lucky magazine. Covered. Yeah, I guess like something in between Cosmo and Vogue, like a Marie Claire. <laughs> I'm just naming magazines now <laughs> that may or may not still exist. Exactly. Yeah, I don't. Lucky magazine, I don't think exists it does anymore. not. No, no. R.I.P. Lucky. Yeah. Y seventeen. You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Um oh 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 we haven't even talked about this. You guys, I felt like an idiot. Like this is not a great piece of cinema. I should have seen it coming. <laughs> I thought for sure that Judy Greer was the one selling their stories to Sparkle. Yeah, so did I. And when she like pulls these envelopes out of Jenna's desk, I was like, oh, it was Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. Well, so at at the beginning when she wakes up in her apartment um, and as a 30 year old and when she's looking through her mail to see like who lives there. There is mail from Sparkle. I, I noticed that even. I yeah. And I still was like, oh, that's nothing. But why would you take it to work? That was my issue. It's like, oh, so you're like selling your job's ideas and like probably, you know, violating all kinds of contractual rules. Um, but let's keep that in your desk drawer at work because that's a great place for it to be. Yeah. Like you would keep that at home in a desk drawer there where you wouldn't have someone like Judy Greer come in and look through your shit and find this and then basically take your spot where you've been like conniving and trying to get this like 
senior editor, top editor job at the competing magazine. I'm like, also, I just don't understand why a competing magazine would want to have like the same covers as another magazine. Like, I just don't understand. And like, I don't really think that in like the world of magazines, like having 11 tricks versus 10 is really going to make the big difference in how many magazines you sell. Like, especially if you're just like using the same person on the cover. Like, I don't see why I would probably just buy neither of those magazines and buy a different magazine that had yeah, someone probably else. probably go and buy a Vanity Fair <laughs> yeah, because exactly. of their in-depth reporting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, but, can we talk about Judy Greer and like her career in general and how unfair it is that she always plays the front yeah. in every movie that yeah. she's in? But she's you know so what? wonderful. I fucking loved it. I loved it. I love her. I love her playing the friend and everything. I love her in Jawbreaker. I love her in The Descendants. This woman has had <gasps> yes. one of the most like illustrious careers of our time. And we're too busy fawning over Amy Adams to notice that Judy Greer <laughs> is a national fucking treasure. She is. True. Yeah. And she plays a bitch very well. I like Oh my God. Way. So and good. I also, honestly, like I understand that like Tom Tom as a 13 year old was a horrible person and like maybe she grows up to be kind of a bitchy woman as well but she also like owns her bitchiness is aware of her bitchiness and gives zero fucks about anybody not liking her because she's a bitch so I mean I can't be mad at her with that like she talks about her plastic surgery like yeah I've had plastic surgery so like she's very open about you know who she is and she doesn't seem to be ashamed of like what she wants and To that point, I almost feel like Jenna was, I don't know, like she was always pretending to be someone like Tom Tom, which is why she ended up being the way she was at that point in her life versus Tom Tom, who was that person. Like she didn't, she was all of those things, but like had zero apologies for it. She owned that and was like, yeah, I'm a bitch and I will hook up with a married man and I don't care. I can do whatever I want. It also seemed to me, and again, I'm reading way too much into this movie in a way that it does not deserve. It seemed to me like Tom Tom had an excuse to behave this way because she seemed to not come from a great home, especially if her brother is buying her an other 13-year-old beer. And like, I think for me, the big problem was Jenna's family seemed really nice. Her best friend seemed really nice. All of these people seemed genuinely lovely. Mm-hmm. And she still turned out like a piece of shit. Yeah. Well, when she goes home to see her parents because she's, like, really bummed and she just, like, wants to see her mom and, like, goes and sleeps in bed with her mom, I was like, oh, that's so sweet. I don't know. I thought it was really nice that she, like, you know, and, like, her mom gives her some pretty sound advice, like, when she asks her mom, what if there was something in your life that you could take back, what would it be? And she's like, nothing. I would leave everything the same. And I think it's just really interesting that like her mom gives her some pretty good advice. And then you have this like other horrible person that, you know, is kind of just a bitch and is encouraging you to be a bitch and to like live out your bitchy life and get whatever you want, regardless of who it affects and how it affects them. Cause that's basically who Jenna is. She has all of this success. She has all of the things that she wants and she doesn't care who gets in her way. She will do whatever she needs to, to make sure that she's always on top, which it's a slippery slope there. That's a weird like topic to go over because I feel like there's a way to do that without having to be like a horrible bitch. Like you can still do what you need to do to get what you want, but I don't think that you necessarily have to like 
sleep with other people's husbands or like steal people's ideas and then fire them. Like those are the things that like characterize her as like this awful person that she's become. I don't know. But it it didn't seem to me like she was doing the things because she had to. It seemed to me like she was doing these things because she liked to, because she wanted to. This guy yeah. who this this woman whose husband she was sleeping with doesn't seem to be like a person above her. Yeah. It seems to be like an underling. She stole mm-hmm. someone below her's idea and then fired them. Like number one, you could have just stolen the idea. It doesn't seem like anyone is challenging you in this organization. You didn't have to fucking fire her. Like it just seemed to me like she was doing these malicious things because she didn't care because she wanted to and like she didn't really give a fuck about anyone else. Yeah. Not because she was like I'm going to be a career woman and I need a promotion. Like, you're already number two at this magazine. But I feel like the way that the movie kind of positions it, it's because she was friends with TomTom and TomTom is that kind of person that she was influenced to be that way as well. So I feel like, in a sense, it's kind of putting a lot of this on, like, her relationship with this person and how she ended up becoming just like her. Yeah, and it's one thing when you do that when you're 13 and you're kind of just an angry kid. Yeah. Versus being a grown woman and still doing shitty things. Yeah. And like not talking to your parents and Yeah, that was me. It did make me really like sad. I was like, I need to call my mom. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. But also Jenna's mom is a damn liar. Like you wouldn't change one thing. Yeah. Really? Especially really? because at that point she hasn't talked to her daughter in however long. So like wouldn't you regret whatever happened between you and your daughter? It may not have like, been anything, though. I feel like it was just a thing where, like, her daughter moved away and just, like, never called, you know? And so her, her mom was lives, just, like, a 20-minute train right away. Yeah, yeah she for took, sure. Like, but she avoids them. Like, you you hear at the beginning of the movie, like, yeah. her assistant's like, oh, your mom called again. And she's like, no. Like, you know, like, do you want me to keep screening her calls? And she's like, no, that's my mom, you know? And it's, like, it's the huge disparity between, like, who she was at 13 and the values that she had then versus, like, who she becomes, which is... One thing that I do want to discuss, actually, and granted, Mark Ruffalo is uh, clearly we are pro Mark Ruffalo on the on the um, men of this podcast thus far. Ben Affleck is on one end of the spectrum and Mark Ruffalo is the polar opposite. Like, yeah. We clearly firmly like Mark Ruffalo. Oh, yeah. But Maddie, Matt's character she approaches him and says, I want to give you a job. And he says, I don't think that you guys would be into my photography, which led me to think like, oh, he must be really avant-garde, really edgy, street photography. Like he's living in New York. He, he must be like the creative force in the photography community. And then what he delivers is a catalog spread. And I cannot figure out what we were supposed to take from that. Yeah, it's uh, because he tells her, like, I've seen the stuff that you guys do and my work's a little different. And it's like you it looks like a JCPenney ad. Yeah. Yeah. It did. It's like it's like when John Mayer dated Taylor Swift. I think that this happened. I may have made it up. It's like when John Mayer dated Taylor Swift and then criticized her music for not being, like, real. And I was like, really? Because really? you're, like, twice her age and your music isn't that much more yeah. real in terms of, like, the genre of pop. I'm not a John Mayer fan. Fuck that guy. <laughs> 
he's definitely more towards the Ben Affleck side oh, of the yeah. spectrum oh, for yes. sure. Yes, a hundred percent. Though I did really like um, the New Light video. Have you guys seen that? Oh no, I have not. <laughs> it, like, I s- it- <laughs> yeah, it. I thought it was fake. Like I saw it, and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and then I was like, oh no, this is this is happening. Well, he plays really good guitar when it's not like yeah, his poppy true. music. No, he's really he's talented. He's really but really he's talented. He's kind of a douchebag, so that's why he's, I'm like, yeah. uh, you can you and your guitar can go fuck yourself over there. I don't care. Yeah, like I don't care about your talent if you're going to be an asshole. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And just say awful things about like everyone you date. Yeah, exactly. Like these uber successful women who've like made names for themselves that you're going to go and shit on just because you think you're better than them. Like, mm, yeah, are you though? Again, you play a good guitar. Hold on. I'd like to point out, same goes for Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can't just shit on every single person you've ever been in a relationship with because there's one common denominator and it's your crazy ass. (laughs) Yeah. My thing with her has always been like, look into yourself, see what's really going on inside. (laughs) You know, just take some time. (laughs) You need to learn to love yourself before you can love others. Which is what basically what. Uh, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, when they made that joke, I think it was like at the Golden Globes and they were like, maybe you should be alone for a while. And then Taylor Swift was like, there's a special place in hell for women who don't support other women. And it's like, that is, they were joking, first of all. Uh, and maybe you should like take some time. Yeah, being introspective. Listen is... to your first three albums, Tay Tay. Yeah. <laughs> and then let's talk about women not supporting women. Right. Yeah. Listen to uh, Better Than Revenge. I want to say it's a song she slut shames. She's got some problematic tracks. She's not very woke. Oh, but speaking of being woke, um, did you guys notice that when Mark Ruffalo is talking to Jenna about her 13th birthday, he says, yeah, I don't remember. You guys were playing like Spin the Rapist or something. And I was like, I wrote that down. This movie is woke. Yeah, no, I, that's why I really like him because he's honest, he's cute, he seems vulnerable and like just sweet and kind and like he's not really looking for anything. Like I feel like often in movies when you're talking about a guy, like he has some like ulterior motives or he's like so in love with this person that he's like doing all kinds of weird shit. Whereas like he's like a nice guy, like he just is a nice guy and he just has like nice guy face too. You just he's, I don't a, know. he's the anti ducky. <laughs> he's got nice guy face. He does have a really and like the weird like crooked like half smile. My favorite thing that he does in this movie is when they're at this party and Jenna is like horrible and is like, "Oh, Maddie, come dance with me," even though I like just started talking to you again after like fifteen years. Um, and he gets on the dance floor and starts dancing with her. Mark Ruffalo doesn't dance. Like, Mark Ruffalo, the person, does not dance. You can tell by how he's moving <laughs> in this scene and how they position people in front of him on purpose so as not to show him moving his body because he is so awkward, which only feeds into, like, the cute, I think you're yeah. adorable Mark Ruffalo thing that he has going on. So, just I, I, I'm a big fan. I think he, I personally I, think that he was, like, the best person in this movie he was the most rational and like he seemed to be the one who like had his shit together like he was taking pictures often as a child and like you know he like really came up like he what's the phrase he glowed up 
<laughs> he went did from, glow up. He, yeah. he went from being like awkward, chubby kid in, in like middle school to being like really attractive, successful photographer in New York in the village, you know, so. And we, signal to the rest of like, because we're not calling him a quote unquote nice guy. Like he just seemed like a nice person and a good human being. When she says no, when they're 13, he accepts it and leaves yeah. and yeah. doesn't talk to her again because yeah. he's not a nice guy. He's not in the friend zone. He's yeah. just a human being who says, yeah, she, I love you. You don't love me back. I guess I'll get on with my life. Yep. Yeah, he's well aware that she owes him nothing. Exactly. Which is refreshing. And I think he's probably like the in all the movies that we watched so far and the men that we've talked about, especially last time we had like to talk about Ducky. He's like the anti-Ducky. Like, yeah. this is how you're friends with a woman that you perhaps have, like, a crush on. But if it's not reciprocated, then it's like, okay. You move on. I'm going to leave. Yeah. No, Ducky was exhausting in the sense that, like, he just didn't get it and he didn't want to get it. And he, like, was so, like, hurt personally that she didn't like him back and she was interested in other people. And it's like get over yourself like it's fine yeah. she's allowed to like other people just because you like a woman doesn't mean she has to like you back like that's just how it goes uh, there's so many yeah, love especially songs when and- she's your friend like yeah I just I and don't know. vice versa like because I, I do think that there's also this trope and it happened a lot especially in 80s movies <laughs> where it was like a girl pining over a guy if he doesn't like you, he doesn't like you. It has nothing to do with you as a person. Don't try to change yourself. Nope. He doesn't yeah. like you. He doesn't find you attractive. Like, we all have to move on. That being said, if I were that kind of person, I'm pretty sure Mike and I would not be married today. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, mm, I like that one. But I don't yes. think I changed myself or... You know, went full ducky on it. No. <laughs> no. I definitely think that one was, like, meant to be. Like, I think that played out pretty well. <laughs> yeah. It took the time that it needed to. Yeah. But it flourished so into a let's beautiful just thing. Everything that I just said, actually go full ham. Yeah. Like that lady who sent that guy 65,000 text messages. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's the thing. See, that happened. lady, I feel like, is full ducky. Yeah. Yeah. She's just like someone who, like, could text. needs someone to tell her that, like, it's okay. You're still cool. You're still beautiful. You just need to find someone else. And that's no, it. I think she really is not well mentally. No, like, I, I, I watched an interview with her, and I don't know why it was allowed to happen, because it clearly shouldn't have. No, I and think that that I was, was pretty like, terrible. I, I'm not... Oh. I don't like what happened to her and how they like characterize her as a joke. I think it was pretty awful because she was really bad. Yeah. She's clearly not okay and she needs some help and like whatever she's going through, it's kind of rough right now. So to put her on like such a public pedestal and to like mock her, I think is really insensitive. So I get it. I see why people, yeah, I know why people think it's funny, but like when you really have to look at why it's happening, I think that it's pretty dark. So my heart goes out to all the Florida gals because she is a fellow Florida gal. Yep. <laughs> of course she is. I was like, oh, girl, why? 
Go go to therapy. I think that's like my number one advice to everyone on the planet. Just I think like it's go sound to advice. I think going to therapy and like being able to be like, you know, like even Taylor Swift, like go to therapy. Talk about yourself a little bit. Like, you know, start to learn about who you are, become better, improve upon and, yourself. <laughs> and not to your friends. Your friends don't want to hear about you anymore. No. Go to and a they also therapist. don't know what the fuck they're doing either. Yeah. I think it's nice to get like a um, third party, like unbiased point of view. I think that's like the wonderful thing about therapy is that this person is not involved in your life. They have no stake in like what you do on a day to day. They just like are there to support you and give you guidance and like sound advice if it's a good therapist. And in all fairness to this podcast, if Jenna, if she had never gone back in time, because the implication is if she hadn't gone to Maddie's house and gotten the dollhouse back, she would be stuck 30 yeah, forever. forever. She would need so much therapy to work through these missing years of her life. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that if you skipped the whole period of your life where you were an awful human being and now you're back to being like, or considering yourself like innocent, like that's a lot of reckoning that you have to come to terms with, which is not easy. Not at all. Well, and a lot not, of milestones were missed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm sure she went to college. She yeah. She definitely doesn't know how to do algebra. <laughs> no. It's okay. Like, she doesn't need that in the uh, editing and print world. It's not going to affect her. Okay, but she probably needed to know how to, like pay her bills like yeah. i kept thinking this is a messed up thought actually <laughs> this is why i can't be the mother of a child because these are the kind of thoughts that i have i kept thinking she's going to max out all of her credit cards and gain 30 pounds in two months and then where is she gonna be <laughs> i mean she did i she did go shopping and i did think like do you know how much money you have and how much you need to pay all of your bills because you're buying a lot of expensive things and I don't know. Can you sustain that? I, I mean, it's hard to say. She has a nice apartment in New York, so I'm assuming that she's, like, pretty well off financially. But, like, how much money did you just blow shopping? Was that maybe, you know, money you shouldn't have touched? Probably. Yeah. Do you know how many calories are in a pina colada? Oh, I yeah. bet you real-life Jenna hadn't had one ever. She eats. She starts eating a lot of candy. Well, so what do you guys it's think? It's not going to end well. I have a question because, like, this was something else that happens in the movie. So since she's 13 and she's, like, you know, living in her 30-year-old life and as a 13-year-old, she, like, makes friends with the girls in her building and then has them over oh. for, like, sleepover. And I'm thinking, like, the mothers of these girls, you know, I it's less weird because it's a woman inviting like a bunch of young girls over but at the no. same time like what is she inviting all of these girls over to do because like if i told a bunch of like 13 year olds to come over to my house a i would not know what the hell to do with them and i don't know which mother in the world would be like oh yeah no take my daughter like maybe i i guess girls are kind of bitchy at that age my mom and i didn't really get along when i was 13 but I still don't think she, that she would like, have let me take her. I don't think she my mom didn't let me sleep over anybody's house, even like my neighbor across the street who she knew. She was very weird about that. So like why would like these girls' moms be like, Yeah, it's totally cool for you to go have like a sleepover with this like older woman who's just gonna have you over her house and I mean Yeah, and it's a it's established <laughs> that she's an unfriendly neighbor yeah. who never talks to anyone so why would you be like yes go hang out with a neighbor that we never talk to who's mean to everyone mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that scene, like, I get why it's in the movie. Because yeah. you need the, like, sleepover like, scene. Cutesy. Where all these girls are singing to Pat Benatar. Which, again, like, do they know? They knew this song? No, she they did, definitely didn't. Because she quotes it at first to the girl. And she's like, oh, my God, it's so and deep. And they're singing along to it. Yeah. Well, she made the I was definitely it. having flashes of Made in Manhattan, where I was like, don't go into that apartment. What is wrong with you? You don't know this person. You don't know her. Just because she lets you wear her pretty clothes doesn't mean you should go there. And she's asking you, like, if you can tell if she's wearing underwear and, like, yeah. talking about her boobs. It's a little just weird. Stranger danger. Stranger danger. Agreed. I found that very upsetting. And again, like, I can't have children because I would be worse than your mom, Jen. I would just be like, no, you're never leaving the house ever. You have to stay here with your mother. Yeah. You can't go anywhere. Uh, yeah. So towards the end of the movie, um, she, I guess, goes to Matt's wedding, which happens very, very quickly, I thought. I was well, like, I what, what do you mean you're getting married it. tomorrow? They talk about it when she meets him in the street and, like, introduces them to her, like, cheesy-ass boyfriend. Um, they're like, yeah, we're getting married in two weeks or, like, something. Like, they say how long it is until they get married. And she's like... And then she goes to Maddie's house at some point to ask him for something. And, like, the thing where the the fiance opens a door and his button up happens and you're like oh yeah she wouldn't have put on a robe yeah to answer the door right i don't know who answers the door in their like fiance's button down i feel like that's just kind of a i wear pants at least you know i don't know (laughs) i just feel like yeah Yeah, something or wear just like my own pajamas yeah i'm sure she has clothes there like they've been dating a long time yeah no, but, um, I, I I was not into it. I was like, whoa, he's doing a lot of other stuff the week of his wedding. I would not have appreciated that. Right? Like, he goes with her to, this, like, the park, and they buy razzles, and they're looking at each other's tongues, and they play the, like, who can swing the farthest, and they roll around in the sand together, and, like... Dude, you're you're engaged. Like, yeah, this I was probably like, not yeah. some things you should be doing. So she goes, he is like, no, I'm not going to call off my wedding for you. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, even though I definitely was inappropriate with you many times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she gets sent back in time. And then she gets sent. And then we, so she doesn't get sent. She lives her life. And then we go forward in time. Mm-hmm. My biggest problem with this jump forward was that, like, they didn't tie up any of the loose ends like she ended up with maddie which we love but she seemingly doesn't live in the city so like maybe she's still working for the magazine and just like commuting in but they move into like this little pink house is he still a photographer what what, what photographs is he taking like wedding photographs i just (laughs) i there was a lot happening that i was like what's happening with poise magazine this was the whole movie yep (laughs) Nope. Yeah, I think they. I like to think they're both commuting into to the, the city. city. I hope so. Yeah, because I know that he's definitely still a photographer. Because like when they walk out, like after their like wedding, and they're like, he takes a picture of them. Like he has Is it like the a first camera in his pocket. Ever? I don't know. I think I think Paris Hilton uh, claimed claimed that that she took the first selfie. That might be true. 
Yeah. I'll give it to you, Paris. You got it. But yeah, he, he takes a selfie of them with a digital camera. Yeah. Which is very 2004. All right. Hey, digital cameras. Everything about this movie was <laughs> yeah. 2004. Well, you can tell even by like the ringtone of her cell phone. Like I'm not sure that they even show the cell phone, but like the ringtone of it, you're like, that's a really old phone. Like that's <laughs> oh, a no, very old phone. Oh, no. She had like a flip phone. Yeah. Yeah. An old one. A really chunky one. Yeah. I was like, girl... Oh my god! And she had she was wearing so many metallic pieces of clothing that I was like, "Yo, two thousand and four. I think the most awful trend was the thong out of the pants situation. That one is by far the most offensive. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why? Why did, why did this happen? Yeah, exactly. I, and I always felt like so mortified when that happened to me because thank God that hip huggers are not a thing right now because yeah. they were not a good look for no. women of my shape. My mom was always right. My mom used to tell me when I wanted like low rise jeans, she's like, wear high waisted jeans. They are so mm-hmm. much more flattering. And I'm like, ew, mom, I don't want to wear your high waisted jeans. And now if like my jeans are not high waisted, I'm like, goodbye. I don't want you. <laughs> Get yeah, like if I can't, what, what yeah, if I can't bend Ew. down, it really messed up our bodies. That's literally what my mom said. She's like, like no, it'll, yeah. it'll form your body and make you look so nice. And I was like, ew, you don't know what you're talking about. Because, of course, I was like a horrible 13-year-old and my mom and I did not get along very well at the time. Um, so I didn't believe her. But listen to your mom. Did your mom kids. ever do the thing where she like pulled up your pants? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, and then, like, if I was wearing a thong and you could see it, she'd snap it and be like, you need to put that away. <gasps> My mom was oh, not about that. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, I didn't Which wear them good. until, like, Thanks, mom. much later in life. <laughs> no, my mom at oh, least, no. like, kept it real. She's like, you need to put that away, so... Thanks, Mom. I think my first song ever was from, like, what was that store? Like, Wave? It was a store at the mall, and it was, like, basically all, like, Junior's clothing, and it was all, like, neon and, like, crazy colors. And I did not realize at the time that this was not appropriate. But I, my first song ever had a bone on the front. Oh, shit. Like a, oh, my God. Like a little cartoon dog bone. And I remember thinking, like, this is so cute. And I had no idea that, like, wow. oh, this is inappropriate. Very suggestive Ooh, yeah. for yeah. a young girl. It's okay. I, mine was, like, mesh, and it had, like, a little, like, a, a little rhinestone heart on the front of it. And, like, oh, yeah, it did. Early 2000s. <laughs> mesh underwear yeah. is not good to wear. Just, like, PSA no. ladies. Wear cotton. Like, your lady parts will thank you. Rhinestones on underwear. Yeah. Yeah. It was a time. It was a thing. Yeah, there was a lot happening with underwear in general. Rainbow purses. Uh, Yeah. That was like a dark time in Louis Vuitton, too. Nobody ever really references those anymore. Right? Like, we've left that in the past. Yeah, that's like a trend that has not come back, and that's okay. We're going to leave it there. Yeah. But in like six years, they're gonna all of those purses are gonna be like in high end consignment shops, yeah. and people are gonna yeah. be like buying them back now. <sighs> Not crazy about that idea, guys. I'm no. sorry, my dogs are going nuts over here <laughs> doing something. Aww. Well, when we went to visit you and we had to come into your apartment and you guys weren't home. He was not happy we were there. Oh, he like, really took, doesn't like it. Yeah, it took him a while to like be okay with the fact that two strangers were in his home. And like the other day, I was looking through my phone and like <laughs> Rusty and I had a whole photo shoot. Oh yeah, it was while really you guys cute. were gone because I took a nap and I woke up and like he was like right next to me and I was like, <laughs> we're doing this. 
He's, so I miss them. He's a cute guy. We got we got some selfies. Okay. He wouldn't stop so, looking at me when I got there either, and it was yeah. But we I became think, friends. If you're a new person, he just and he doesn't like get close to you. He just barks. Oh yeah, yeah he's not aggressive at all. No. He's just like, hey, hey, who are you? <laughs> what are you doing this here? Is right. <laughs> <laughs> this is my uh, home. I don't recognize um, you. And and to be fair, if someone that I didn't recognize just walked into my home, I would yeah. be like, what is happening? Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah, you'd have questions. Um, <laughs> okay, so and any other thoughts on 13 going on 30? I actually, I would encourage people to watch it. Know that, like, there's some craziness happening <laughs> and... Yeah. Um, like it's not going to be a great piece of cinema, but I think by and large for a romantic comedy, I was like really happy with it. I thought it was so fun. I agree. Yeah, I think the- it's a really fun, lighthearted, cutesy kind of rom com, and like it has its little magic to it. And like, I don't think it's like meant to be like really read into deeply, but um, but if you do, you do see the flaws with a lot of the things that happen. But nevertheless, I think um, it's. It's a fun and like nice movie. And I think the overall message is sound, like it's not too messed up and it does encourage women to be independent and go after what they want um, just in a healthy way. Yeah, and the main character has to learn to be, to come to, to like accept the fact that she was a terrible person and try to become a good person without changing herself for a man, which is refreshing in a romantic comedy. It's a very introspective movie. She has to go on her journey. Yeah, because the way that she changes, like, the ways in which she changes have almost nothing to do with, like, getting the guy. Yeah. And everything yeah. to do with the fact that she's like, oh, I don't even recognize myself. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. But as soon as she starts realizing, like, who the person that she became, it it's all about, like, okay, how can I fix this? And it's not so much, like, how can I fix my relationship with Maddie? It's just, like, she goes back and sees her parents and it's it's a lovely movie yep agreed we finally we tackled some mark ruffalo finally which good for us good for the world yeah Yeah, this is we don't deserve mark ruffalo no this is the mark ruffalo movie like for me this is like where i immediately became like oh yeah you're cute (laughs) i like i'm gonna watch every movie that you're in even if it's really bad even if you turn into a big green monster what i mean that's what 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 is that other movie he julianne moore is a lesbian (gasps) but she's like got oh my god yes y'all want some vintage mark ruffalo yeah go watch that i was like that is not a movie that we will probably cover on this podcast but just do yourself the favor i've never seen it i will watch it oh my god yeah oh Oh my god yes more mark ruffalo oh yeah (laughs) can't wait yeah definitely go see this go it's it's a very interesting movie it's very interesting interesting yeah there's a lot going on there's yeah yeah, so I think that's it for May I Speak to Pizza. I, I found this movie really interesting. I thought it was a really interesting look at, like, women and, like, the way that women's lives were changing, especially in the early 2000s. Because I do also think, like, this was a world where sex in the city was, like, just becoming... A th- like, I think people forget that sex in the city was a fucking game changer for women in their yeah. 30s. Yeah. Um. 
women in their 30s were just becoming unapologetic about having careers and not having children and not being married. So I don't know. In 2004, I thought that this seemed like a really, really nice, refreshing, less like less selfish and upsetting way to look at that kind of woman. Agreed. Definitely. She wasn't obsessed with getting married. She was more invested in her career and making herself a better person than she was in, like, ultimately, like, getting the guy. Like, sure, it's a part of the movie and it's an important part, but it's not the primary thing that she's after, which was great. Yeah, because when she wakes up as a 13-year-old, she doesn't say, like, oh, I'm not married. I don't have kids. That's such a bummer. She says, we have jobs. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, girl. (laughs) It's a good message. For yeah. sure. Um, as always, please rate and review us on iTunes. Um, you can find us at May I Speak to Pizza on Apple Podcasts and any other podcast player. Tell your friends about it. Um, I'm Natalie Levy Costa. You can follow me at NRLSEE on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Jen Schaefer. You can follow me at Yo It's Jen on Instagram and Twitter. And please be sure to tweet us if you have any feedback or thoughts on any of our episodes. We're happy to engage. And I am Alba Towers. You can follow me at Alba Towers on Instagram and Twitter. And once this episode goes up, I will link the story uh, from Man Repeller on her outfits because I found it and it's pretty great. Man Repeller is also just excellent. Yes. Yes. I am all about their content. Uh, cool. Any other last thoughts? I realized I didn't look up a Liz Lemon quote, so if y'all have Neither one... Neither did I. But I did look up, so obviously our six degrees of separation to Ben Affleck could be just that Jennifer Gardner married Ben Affleck, mm-hmm. but if we wanted to go through the route of actually the people that he's worked with, uh, Andy Serkis is in this movie, and he was in Lord of the Rings with Liv Tyler, who was in Armageddon with Ben Affleck. Boom. Nice. Whoa. So... Very nice. So we'll leave that in lieu of a Liz Lemon quote for this episode. Sounds good. Have we ever referenced night cheese? I think we have, actually. Mm, I think so. But it's I a, think Jen yeah. said working on I my mean, night cheese. Yeah, but it's an oldie and a it's goodie. It's a classic one. You can't go wrong. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll, 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 we'll get on our Liz Lemon game next episode. Sounds good. Okay, bye. 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 bye.